This is episode number 669 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning in. And today, we get to hear from the lady herself that I have been mentioning quite a lot over the last few weeks. I'm joined by Steph to hear a little bit about her background and also, what is all this fuss about the Ladies Run Club? You may be asking. And if you're not a lady, don't worry. It could be interesting for your wife or your girlfriend or someone that you're trying to be get to be your wife or your girlfriend. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. If you're not a female and you want to start to run, get on the Start to Run program, rj at innerfight.com. He would love to hear from you. Without further ado, let's jump into today's show with Steph. We continue the series of Meet the Coach, and this week, she is our ladies... You've actually been a little bit pigeonholed here, Steph. <laughs> ladies run coach, Stephanie Humphrey, welcome to the show. Thanks, hi. Mate... How, do, how does it feel? You, you have been fast pigeoned as the ladies, go-to ladies run coach. Correct. I have been. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I'm enjoying it. I do also coach men. But, <laughs> That's what's but yeah, I do, I do also um, obviously lead the ladies running program here. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. Mate, give us a little bit of background on your running. For those of you that haven't listened to the Run Strong podcast and Steph's full story, we're going to try and get through it in about 10 to 15 minutes. But give us a little bit of your background on running, where it all started. I also want to hear about your other athletic pursuits in your childhood because they're quite interesting as well and an interesting encounter with a very famous athlete. Carry on. (laughs) Okay, lots of questions there. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I suppose started running as a kid in cross-country athletics kind of thing at school, did the classic uh, 1,500 metres for athletics, but very much a school sport. I did all sports growing up, so netball, tennis, swimming, everything really. Yeah. And then kind of, I suppose, majored in tennis as I grew up. That was my main sport. You're very good at tennis, mate. I, I was all right at tennis. <laughs> I did okay. Tell people how so, good you are. This is your opportunity. Um, so I ended up going to university in America on a tennis scholarship. So I was there for four years from Which the age of nineteen. Is no so joke. It was quite. It was a really cool experience. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a lifetime ago now. Does it? But yeah. So I I don't play anymore. I retired when I graduated. Yeah. So I did my degree over in the US and then. Um, yeah, hung up the tennis rackets. The tennis rackets have travelled the world with me. Do but you still never... have rackets with you? Yep. Do you? Yep. Do you open them every now and then and go... Yeah, they're, they're literally sat next to my washing machine just really? like there. <laughs> but yeah, I don't play anymore. Do you miss it? I definitely miss elements of it. Yeah. So in America, we obviously played as a team, which was really nice for an individual sport to be part of a team and everything. So I miss that side of things, but I also feel like I've closed that chapter, moved on, kind really? of taken up running a lot more. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't wish I was still playing tennis. It's interesting, isn't it, for, for people that have... I mean, because it is no joke, mate, to, get, uh, to, to go to America where it's highly competitive to play your chosen sport, which at that time was tennis, like, you are pretty handy. We, we should have a game. You know what I'll challenge you to? I'll challenge you on the show. Paddle. Have you played paddle? Once. How good is it? It is good. Fast. Very fast. So fast, isn't it? And, and, yeah. and the walls are not true either. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, good. We're on the yeah. same page. I'll give you a game. We should do that for, for, for Coach to Coach. They've got, a court, uh, they've got courts at, 
I know Emirates Golf Club, I played quite a bit. No, I didn't, I've played once. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say I've played quite a bit. Moving on, mate, let's jump into where tennis sort of led to running or was there, obviously tennis is, is an incredibly demanding sport, yeah. fitness-wise, so how did that continue? Yeah, so I suppose I was running whilst I was in America just for just to keep fit. So we used to do what we called campus laps, which was probably, I don't know, like a couple of K around the campus. Yeah. Um, and it was almost seen as a bit of a punishment. Like if you, <laughs> if you didn't, if you, the coach would be like, oh, if you don't do this, you've got a campus lap. Right. And I, I loved having a campus lap. <laughs> so it wasn't much of a punishment for me. Um, it was quite nice. Yeah. And then I moved to London. So when I graduated, moved back to the UK, moved to London and obviously started running because it's quite a cheap sport, something yeah. to do when you're not earning loads of money. Yeah, right. um, you don't have to pay the gym fees, just yeah. need a pair of shoes. And then entered a Hence few... Hence why people should jump on your run program, which we'll yeah. come to in a bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, just entered a few 10K races, did okay in them. And then gradually, as the years went through London, I entered the London Marathon oh. just to give myself something to focus and train towards. So yeah, yeah I did like all of my running just on my own. Well, how myself. did it progress from this, this, this 2K campus run to yeah. like... You've gone super fast there. Like people are thinking, well, hang on a minute. She was doing 2K and now we're talking 42.2. And yeah. that, that scares a lot of people, right? Yeah. How was it for you? Like, was it just I wanted to do, then it was five, then it was 10? Yeah, it was kind of like, it obviously gradually increased over yeah. the years. So I signed up back in like 2013 with my sister to six 10k races because she wanted to get ready for her wedding <laughs> so I was like I'll join you so I did Various those motivations and then I ended up winning that 10k series in wow. Regent's Park so I was like wow. oh, okay and I got free entry into the next year so I did it the next year and then yeah I was just running more and more and a marathon seemed like a huge goal for me and at right. the time I was working in a company that was pretty flexible and would let me like obviously like run after work and everything but yeah. they, they were like a bit allowing on the hours so I just thought no time like the present signed up for the marathon gave me something to actually train and focus towards yeah um, how did you go about training for it a lot of dark lonely <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> rainy runs in London January, did, you, February. did you sort of figure it out but yourself yeah. or really yeah, so I kind of I did the classic, just pulled a plan offline. Runner's and world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't have like a running community in London. Yeah. So I basically just, um, I started my training in December and then properly in the January for right. the April race. And yeah, I followed it really religiously. And how so, was it? Yeah, good. I hit my time. What um, did you, did you set out with the target? Did, yeah. Like, what was that? So I wanted to go sub 3.30 wow. and I did 3.26. Wow. So, yeah. so training plan was pretty good that you yeah, got online. <laughs> Funnily enough, if you follow a training plan, it happens. So That's quite interesting, mate, yeah. isn't it? Because those training plans that are written are, are written by someone who's probably followed it and it works. Yeah. So they do actually work. They were. It was generic. Yeah. But that was what I needed at the time because yeah. I'd, I'd come from like zero coaching anyway. So yeah, right. Kind of making it so up. first marathon sub 3.30. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, that's solid, right? Yeah, I was happy with that. I was very ill afterwards. But Were was, you? Yeah. Did you, pro did you have to push? Uh, yeah. And how was that? Well, I think most people who run the marathon hit yeah. the wall. And <laughs> the wall was definitely there. It was hit. Where? Uh, I was about mile 21, 22. Okay, so five, five yeah. miles left. So yeah. just under 10K left, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's about right, isn't it? 32. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the good thing is that the crowds just pull you through. I had so yeah. many people there supporting, so it was really nice that, yeah, loads of family and friends came out for the day. Yeah. And London Marathon is obviously huge in terms of Absolutely. spectators anyway. So, yeah, it was And did that have experience. you hooked on running, or do you think you were... Do you think it was... Re- like, had it replaced tennis, or what was the... From a fitness point of view, yes, 100%. It yeah. replaced tennis. And there were definitely points where I was like, oh, I wish I had taken this up sooner. I wonder really? what I could have done as a junior if I'd gone into this, not tennis. Yeah. But then also, I know that a lot of runners hit fatigue burn and yeah, <laughs> yeah. burn out early on. So yeah. I'm also grateful for having running in my adult life. Yeah. And yeah, and then I took a break from running after the marathon just because I was a bit overwhelmed with all the training and everything and working <laughs> full-time in an yeah. office job it obviously was a little bit of juggling yes um and then yeah basically whenever I've so I've moved countries a few times and whenever I've moved countries I've decided to carry on the running use it as a way to explore the country by picking various races throughout yeah. the country and yeah. joining just some local running clubs just to meet people get some yeah friends. it's very it's very interesting because that I mean fast forward a, a, a lot that's kind of how we met as well. You yeah. sort of had a look around here, what was going on. You saw yeah. what we were doing and you're like, guys, I want to talk to you, you yeah. know. And we'll talk, talk to us a little bit about that because you did something similar in when you moved to New Zealand and you were involved in Adidas Runners, right? Correct. Was that in New yeah. Zealand? So yeah, yeah. talk to us about how you feel, because I think this is important for people to hear, how you feel about things outside of running that are related to running. So what I mean by that is not just the running, but the fact that you went and found a community and you're in a foreign place and as you said you got to see the country like yeah it's quite I almost feel it's quite ballsy and daring in a way for people to do that and people are maybe a bit reluctant maybe yeah I mean from my point of view I think when you move to a new country you just kind of you have to put yourself out there like you don't have friends you don't have family um and if you want to make friends with people you need to be kind of ballsy and just yeah. go to things, be comfortable going on your own, turning up for the first time. There's a yeah. first time for everything. Yeah. Everyone remembers what that feels like, but then come week two, week three, you're, Hi, you're the lo- regular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And did you, so when, f- let's take that example. When you went to New Zealand, yeah. was how much of it was about the running, how much of it was just about meeting people? Um, probably 50-50. Amazing, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I went to Adidas Runners just because I saw, a, like, a board on the side of the road and they really? said that they did a running club. So I walked into the shop um, and asked them about it and they said, oh, we're coming back next week because it was summer and they all just take loads of weeks off during the summer. <laughs> of course, Kiwi um, style. Classic. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, yeah, the first run I was um, running with one of the pacers and just started talking to her and I was like, oh, I used to pace for Nike back in London, back in the day. And then she was like, oh, we're looking for people. And wow. I suppose, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, so I think that's one of, the, one of the big things that people sometimes underestimate when it comes to something like running, where, yes, it's about running, it's about getting fit and, and, and you know, getting physically in shape. But it's also about sort of making a lot of contacts and finding a community of people that are sort of on the same page as you and 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 for you it led to it's led to quite interesting things right yeah. and i think like like you said it's about surrounding yourself with people that you kind of want to be like yeah so if you're into the fitness yeah if you're surrounded by those sorts of people you're yeah. more likely to maintain fitness because that's 
that was literally like social catch-ups were let's go for a run and yeah. things like that. So that's quite cool. Talk about going for a run and catch-ups. That's basically how we met when, when <laughs> yeah. we sort of got a mail from you and we said, and, and, and Tom arranged it and we all went for a run. Why did you want to become a, why did you want to make running your career, I guess, and, and, and become a coach? So I had previously done some tennis coaching back in the day. Yeah. And I did really enjoy it, but I didn't want to pursue tennis as a career back then. Yeah. I kind of got stuck in office life, kind yeah. of cari- <laughs> climbed a career ladder that I wasn't that sure about. And I think just shaky ladder. Yeah, shaky ladder. And then this year, I suppose so many things have changed for so many people yeah. that it just gave me a bit of time to reflect and think about what I actually wanted. And I've always said I wanted to combine my work with my passion. And it just seemed like the perfect hybrid. So I thought I'd use the extra time I'd been given this year to retrain. Yes. Um, Got some coaching qualifications and then obviously reached out to you guys. And yeah, kind of went from there. Et voila, (laughs) as the French would say. Mate, obviously one thing that we saw in you was this ability to, to, to do what we were just talking about, rock up to Adidas runners and say, hey, I'm Steph, I'm the new girl, but I'm cool and I want to have a chat. And next minute, you're one of the pacers. And that's what you've done super effectively here. You've set up a ladies running club, yeah. which is kind of why I was asking those questions before, because I, I see a lot of the ladies that are coming. Yes, they're coming for running, but I, I would actually, your split was 50-50. I think some of these ladies are almost like, 30 70 70 percent they just want to be part of in this case steph's run group because it's just so much fun and talk to us a little bit about that and what you've seen that's been interesting so far yeah so i think majority of people that have come to ladies running club don't know anyone else a couple of people have joined with a friend but i'd say like 95 percent have come on their own so the fact that we launched the club and most people were new at the same week was obviously huge for them because they were all in the same boat. Yeah. But they, yeah, we've got like a WhatsApp group, people chatting away and people genuinely love getting up on Mondays and Wednesday mornings and coming for a run with like-minded people and the progress that we have seen, I think we're in week five now, yeah. is just phenomenal. We have really? people smashing PBs already in 5Ks. We have some people who walked the first one in two weeks and are now like consecutively running three. And I mean, K. that's where, sorry to jump in, mate, that's where it can start. It, you don't have to be no. like an amazing runner. It's like no. Rob's start to run program. Actually, the first like two or three weeks is like, run a bit, walk a bit, run a bit, walk a bit. Yeah, so know. everything we scale as well. Yeah. So I have the program written, but I'm, I'm not going to make people do things if they're not yeah. comfortable. Um, so yeah, it's just go at your own pace. And we have like a range of abilities, which yeah. is really nice. So yeah, there's something for everyone. Did you, if you look back on that now, we're, we're five weeks into this particular program. Is it what you imagined it would be? And how does it feel having taken someone from the first week, probably not really wanting to turn up, but they've paid the money and they're there and they're walking and probably going away thinking, oh God, this is such, but now you've got them five weeks later, which is such a short period of time, mate. It's amazing. They're running. How does that feel? Is it what, and is it what you thought it might be? It was what I hoped it was going to be. Really? Yeah. That's cool. So I had almost no expectations I was launching a brand new program obviously quite (laughs) nerve-wracking yeah I think when the first 
like order came through i was like okay at least we've got one person (laughs) turning up Um, but yeah we've now up to i think 23 runners amazing and yeah just seeing people's progress is insane and it is literally over a couple of weeks some people and then new people turn up and i kind of point out the people that if they're walking or something i point out the people that were doing that a couple of weeks ago and i'm like it will be you if you turn up two times a week and sure enough, it, two weeks later, they're, they're, running. they're running laps, right. yeah. Incredible. It's insane. Before we wrap up, you have a little claim to fame. <laughs> and when I heard it on the Run Strong podcast, I sent you my video from this particular lady. Tell us your story about Paula Radcliffe. <laughs> yeah, so, and I've tried to look this up <laughs> official times since then, and I can't find it. <laughs> but there was a night run, a Nike, we own the night or something, back in, I don't know, 2013, 14. It was super and important race. Very big very event. Very important <laughs> race. And Paula Radcliffe was there and I beat Paula Radcliffe, basically. Unbelievable. That is my claim to fame. She was jogging along. What distance? I was full gas at the 10K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spewing at the end, falling <laughs> yeah, across the side. Um, but yeah, beat her and Ellie Golding as well. Wow. Yeah. And until recently, obviously, Paula Radcliffe held the women's marathon record yeah. for like, I don't know years, how many years. years. Like... I think since 2005 or something, like almost it, yeah, 15 years. Yeah. That must have been, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a mean, good one, I mean, I don't right? think I'm going to be quite beating that, but, um, you know. Mate, you've beaten <laughs> Never know. your claim to fame. <laughs> Why should you run with Steph? She has beaten former world record holder Paula Radcliffe in a very important Nike race. <laughs> <laughs> that everyone took really seriously. <laughs> there we go. We won't carry on too long, but that's Steph. Hopefully, you've got an insight into what she does how she does it mate it has been phenomenal the last sort of five to six weeks and i think as i said when we first went for a run which was just out of lockdown we were all kind of yes we know that we can help these women but we just had to roll the dice we roll the dice and it seems to be coming up some double sixes for for quite a few people and that that's amazing to see so well done give steph a shout sh at innerfight.com Get involved in Ladies Run Club. I've been plugging it at the start of every single show for the last few weeks. I'll stop annoying people with it. There you have it, mate. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Awesome.